This is the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, the podcast for podcasters. Stories told by everyday people as well as longtime professionals. Join a member of the APS team as they discuss the crazy world of podcasting. The only catch? We only speak to fellow podcasters. We will bring you the origin stories, the greatest hits, learning experiences, and the future goals of podcasts of all shapes and sizes. If you are listening to this, hopefully it will inspire you to start your own podcast, or it will inspire you to keep going and give you ideas on how to make your podcast better. If you have a podcast and want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com for more details. Welcome Welcome to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Now let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Will Tarashuk, your returning champion to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. And I am joined, you know, I was joined last season by a man who started podcasting in 2006, 2007. Well, I got a man with me, not only from my neck of the woods, being the the shores, the outskirts of Boston, Massachusetts, but this man started podcasting in the early days of 2002. This man is Keith Hayes. He is a DJ, owner of Sinister One Productions and the co-owner of Hoobazoo.com. Sinister One Productions is the LLC for Sinister One, who is the co-creator, producer, and host of The Booth, co-creators of Drafting the Circuits, consultant and co-producer of Oscar Mike Radio, Maddie C's Sports for You and Me, and Happy Hour with Lido. Keith, welcome to the show, my man. It's, you know, I was on yours. Now it's only fitting you come right on mine. Yeah, it's it's been great because, you know, Thankfully, you know, because of COVID, you talked about all those shows I've been involved with. I've actually added two more shows. I'm now doing Talk Back with Gloria Shea and She Talks Football podcast. I'm now co-producing it, it. You know, a lot of people have taken this podcasting thing under the wing. And as you said, I started in 2002, man, when people were laughing at me, pretty much. Press, media, I was a joke. Sorry, man. People laughing at me in 2015 as well. And you, at that point, you had 13 years ahead of me. So I can only imagine what it was like in 2002. But kind of tell me this, this the general stuff, you know, who you are, what you do, where you're from. Just introduce yourself to anyone out there listening. Well, my name is Keith Hayes. And, um, you know, I'm also known as, as Sinister One. And, you know, I'm a DJ, radio host, uh, podcast creator, podcast producer, and um, I also manage a recording artist by the name of Viana Marie. She's a recording artist. She's a singer, R&B, rap, and I manage her career. And, you know, it's just been a great ride um, as far as this, this podcasting thing has gone. You know, the ups, the downs, the middles. Um, the sad thing is for me is, is that, you know, some would say you're kind of an innovator, but because I was so far ahead, I'm not benefiting like the Joe Rogans or yeah. the Charlemagne the Gods or the the Bill Burrs, who I love. I you know I respected all of these celebrities and everyone's jumping on board and making podcasting what it is today and all these sports stars. Because to be honest, without them, we probably would have never have gotten podcasting to where it is. But I can really explain to people how this came to be because I actually started out in terrestrial radio. I was actually a host on an AM radio station. Uh, yeah. Let's, 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 let's talk some AM radio. Cause that's like my origin story of podcasting does begin with like sports that, that new England sports talk radio. Like mm-hmm. my, like one of my earliest memories is like every Tuesday, my dad would drop me off at my grandmother's house. Uh, Cause I wasn't starting preschool yet or kindergarten or whatever. And we'd always listen to sports talk radio. 
you know, I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, all the, all the Red Sox, the Patriots, but who was, who was, um, who was your go-to for talk radio? Because Boston, man, they had a lot of great stations, a lot of great people on talk radio. They still do. So it's kind of ring me through that, like what your experience was well, like in Fresh Radio. You know, I used to listen to a lot of EI back yeah, in the day. Yeah, WEI. You know, because, because that's all we really had, really, honestly, was WEI. And then they, they got Callahan and them in the morning. They got very political. Dennis and Callahan, um, right? Dennis yeah, and Callahan? They, yeah, those are my got, guys, man. Those are my yeah, guys. They kind of got political to the point where it wasn't listening to sports no more. I kind of got aggravated with listening mm -hmm. to the whole politics thrown in and it was more politics and then 98.5 started their sports hub and when the sports hub started out it was it was for me it was a fan based show it was fan guys talking about sports like fan guys do and you know i i've been listening to 98.5 the sports hub ever since i haven't gone back to wei it, 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 just because I love, I love 98.5. I love when they had guys like Scalabrini was on there and mm -hmm. he brought a lot of humor to the show. Um, Wiggins was on there. You know, my boy, uh, Jermaine Wiggins, he's a tight end, played for the New England Patriots. I actually met him when they won the Super Bowl down New Orleans. He's a good guy. He's done his stint back and forth around sports radio here. But I, I feel like 98.5 has been the best in this area um, for the longest time. But EEI still kind of has that stronghold on sports radio right now, still here. I mean, yeah, that's that's not that's not surprising. Um, so it's interesting. I, I would have thought maybe it's not maybe it's maybe I have my I got my thoughts crossed, but I figured like EEI would be an inspiration, but it sounds like you started podcasting kind of this doing your own thing. Um just because you wanted something different and there was nothing out there, so you just did it for well, yourself. <clears throat> am I, am I no, so Nope. So this is how it all went down. So I, I, back in the day, um, I was very involved with writing stuff in newspapers. I started okay. out pretty much as a, as a writer. I was writing pieces in the Brockton Enterprise. I had some pieces posted in Patriots Football Weekly. I used to go down to football camp and cover uh, stuff there. And, and just when websites were just starting out, I had a little thing called, I would have brought it up here and shown you back in the day they had this thing called web tv and mm. you used to hook this box up to your tv and you could build your own website and stuff and it was pretty much you would write it out in html and anybody who knows about writing programs and scripts out in html it's, it's a very bitch. time yeah it's time <laughs> it's consuming and if you want to do something like this um you have to love it so i was writing a, a ton of articles for all these different sites and then i started covering wrestling professional wrestling and i got a gig writing for this website that was just starting out when websites were just starting to come out uh wrestle nuts and what i was doing was is i was covering ecw every time that they came mm. here and i was covering wwe and the the one thing that blew me up as far as the writing part goes is that uh, i went to an ecw event and the dudley boys at ECW were losing their belts at, at, at the ECW. And, they, and at this time, the Dudley boys were loved. They were loved in ECW. Everybody loved oh, the Dudley boys. They were bay-faced. I mean, the Dudley boys, because I'm a, I'm a wrestling guy. I'm a wrestling yep, connoisseur. Yep. So I'm, we could talk all mm -hmm. about it. We could talk all day about wrestling. But the Dudley boys were some of the biggest heels in that territory. So, like, what was this? Was this later? So, I guess uh, early, like, 2099, 2000, give or take? Yeah, yeah, about that. And so what happened was, was they lost the belts. We seen them lose the belts. 
out at the union hall where they used to put these ECW events were. So all of a sudden I get this invite from a friend of mine and says, Hey, they're shooting the first episode of WWE SmackDown at the fleet center. For those who don't remember yeah. the SmackDown started in the fleet center. That was the, the, the first event and it wasn't live at the time. They used to record it. Yeah, it so we go and I said, you know what? I was, I, I had a lot of stuff to do. And I said, ah, I don't know if I want to go, but something said, go, go, go. So I went, you know, and again, I'm writing all these wrestling articles. I go and the dark, the first dark match for SmackDown's taping was the Dudley Boys. And the pop that night wow. when every, because it was the biggest kept secret. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knew at that time that the Dudley Boys were going to come out and have signed with the WWE. And it was just, this pop was just huge. It was a, it was an amazing moment. And all I did was I could, all I knew was I was sitting there and was like, I got to write about this. Oh my God, I've got to write about this. And I get home and I went on my web TV and wrote about it. And, you know, and I started to get noticed. And then this guy, Mark Chappetta, who was on AM radio in Brockton at WXPR, uh, he had been reading all my stuff. He's like, hey, I need you to come on my show and host this and do this show with me. And it was the On The Mark show. So I came on his show and was doing um, all of this stuff on his show. And it, I ended up turning into a co-host of his show. And what happened was is that I started hearing about this internet radio thing. And it was very, very, very early on. And my cousin who is a member of the famous rap group, Yin Yang Twins. No um, way. <laughs> you were yeah. like the Yin Yang Twins? Yeah, my, my cousin. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. My cousin is a member of the group. He hangs out with D-Rock and those guys. And mm. my cousin Centurion, um, big ups to him. Um, he told me about this thing that they're doing where you do a show on the radio. And they invited me out, and I was doing shows with these guys early on, really early on internet radio. Um, you know, I was able to do shows with Eddie Murphy's brother. Oh, Charlie. Uh, one time, Charlie Murphy. Rest, rest yeah, in peace, and, rest in peace, Charlie yeah, Murphy. And we were doing a lot of shows there. And then as this started to build, um, I started to get noticed behind the scenes for a lot of these early internet shows. So I was asked to come on a show called Crash in the Big Field. I started doing Crash in the Big Field. And that was at the AM station that I was at. So what happened was, was that I, I had bought a Dell. I bought like an, a Dell computer because Dell was sending out these flyers to everybody's houses. And I bought a Dell computer and I brought this, I bought this adapter that allowed me to take recordings and convert it to a wave. Back then it was, all you really had was a wave. You didn't have MP3 and all that stuff. You just huh. pretty much had a wave file. You know so that. I said to myself, I said, what if I started recording my shows that we're doing? So I would just have them for, you know, tape purposes or whatever. And then I was reading about this kid in California who was putting this show together. It was like an uncensored comedy show. And he was posting these shows on the internet and I reached out to him and he told me how he was doing it. So what I did was I would do my show live at the AM station at home. I had a, tape recorder recording my shows as it went out live over AM radio. When I came home, I would take that cassette recording and put the aux cable to my laptop. And then I would record, I would convert it to a wave. 
back then I had found a website where you could upload your, your, your files or footage or waves of that sort. And you really didn't get much space. I mean, back then it was a lot of space, but it's not much today of what we get now. Um, and I was storing shows. I could store like, I think I could store like five shows and then it would be maxed out and I would have to delete shows and put new shows in. Um, it was very time consuming because like I said, I was recording the show at home, converting it. And then what ended up happening was, was they came up with this other thing where I could bring a mic. So I brought a Radio Shack mic to the studio. Oh my studio. God, Radio Shack. There's a throwback. Yep. I bought this mic at Radio Shack and put it into my computer, ran my aux cord to the mixer in the studio to my producer while I was on air live. And I started recording right from the mixer of the studio while we were doing the show live. What that allowed me to do, it speeded up the whole process because it allowed me to just take that raw show, make my edits, and then turn it over into a WAV file and then post it on this site. Then eventually Ustream came out. Once Ustream came out, it allowed me to add video and it just went on from there. And I started covering uh, sporting events. I went down to Connecticut and I was covering uh, Bellator. If you go on YouTube and search Sinister One Productions, you'll see my interview with Bjorn Rebney of Bellator way back. And you're going to say like, holy Christ, this guy really was doing this way back. I was covering hot stove events for the Brockton Rocks here in Brockton. And I would show up with my equipment. I had my laptop, I had a mic, and I had a little 8-bit like camera that I used to bring with me. And um, it was just enough to just get the job done. Um, and it was just amazing to get laughed at. You know, I had people laughing at me. I went to a, a Patriots event for Kevin Falk. I showed up with all my little equipment and, you know, guys from the Herald are there, guys from the Globe were there. They were writing stuff down on paper. And here I am with my laptop and my video, and I'm doing these video interviews and putting them up on the internet, which was very small at that time, you know, and it took off from there. So the next thing that happened was, is I got invited to a show called Sports Page with Joe O'Neill, which was out of Marshfield Community Cable Access. Mm. And he asked me, what could I do to bring to a show? And I said, well, I can post your show and broadcast it live on the internet. And the producer in the studio says, there's no way you can do that. You can't, you can't broadcast a show over the internet. I said, yes, I can. I said, I have a Ustream account and the show will go out over the internet. So what I used to do is we would do this show at the cable access studio. I would set up our lap, my laptop facing us with a webcam. And at that time, I think Logitech had just come out with an updated webcam. And I bought that. I hooked that up to my laptop. Always had to make sure I had a Ethernet cable. So I always, <laughs> I always carried around a 40-foot Ethernet cable with me in my laptop bag. So wherever I could go, I could reach whatever modem was nearby. You can get it would, that. Uh, very, yeah. very, very important. I would plug that internet in because at that time we were still having, you know, some people still had DSL, <laughs> you know, back then. So um, I would plug that Ethernet cable in, set it up, and we were broadcasting live. And the guy was like, where is this, sh where is this show going? I'm going, it's going on the internet, on Ustream. So we were broadcasting uh, cable access shows over the internet as a, as a podcast early on. And it just it just kept going from there. And, and here we are today. You know, it's it's just insane. Did you call them? Did you call them podcast back no, then or something else? It, no, I just called it. Uh, we just called it streaming broadcasting, or or we called it broadcasting remote because for me it was like a remote. Like I had um, 
I was asked by a restaurant here, uh, Westgate Lanes here has a lounge. It was Westgate Lounge. And the owner saw me doing these podcasts online. He, he thought it was new. He thought it was innovative. And he said, hey, how about you come down here and do your show here? So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So we would go there because my show was called The Booth. We would go to Westgate Lanes. And I was doing these shows over Ustream, broadcasting live. And I was bringing guests. I was bringing all these MMA fighters that I knew over to the show. And, you know, people were in the restaurant. And they were like, what is going on here? You know, and it, it was it was just amazing to be doing this in the beginning. And then I had a young man reach out to me, Joe Gill, who's responsible for a lot of stuff here in Boston sports area. Uh, he was doing stuff with the Bruins and stuff. He used to throw this event here in Boston uh, for sports every year. It was a Sportsapalooza, Blogapalooza, and it would have all these uh, internet guys come down. But he made sure that when they had their first event, he, he made sure we were, the, we were there because he knew that we were one of the first guys that were doing this whole podcast thing. Mm. And that, you know, it's, it's been crazy. Like I said, I've been doing this since 2002, 2003, and I've got a ton of stories, a ton of celebrities that I've been able to interview. Um, and it's funny because, you know, you see a lot of people get into podcasting and they say, well, does your, does your podcast bring you in money? And for me to answer that question, my podcast hasn't necessarily brought me in money. It's the avenues that are created from podcasting, like I DJ. So Correct. I got, I've gotten a ton of more DJ gigs. I got to manage a singer because of my DJ experience and my management experience. Um, I've gotten hosting gigs for, for mixed martial arts, you know, doing ring announcing and stuff because of, my podcasting and my hosting abilities. I do games. I've actually got games this weekend that I've got to call at Brockton High Stadium. So I do the EFL semi-pro football games because I do. So for those who are looking to get into podcasting, it's not about the podcast of bringing, bringing in money. It's the avenues that can be created. So you got to be kind of on your P's and Q's as to how you carry yourself. Because if somebody feels like you can support their product or their event, you may get asked to host this event and, and, and they'll pay you. People will pay you to host events. Good money. So of course um, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal networking tool. Like, the Oh, it is podcasting. Like we, 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 we met through a Facebook group. Right? like mm -hmm. we, we, I came on your show, had a great time. We had a great conversation. Now we're following up here. Then we're going to follow up again, you know, <clears> and we'll, we'll see, we'll see where the, where the road takes us, but that wouldn't be possible if we just didn't hop on a podcast and talk. You know, it, it helps that we have common ground, like, you know, being from a similar area, similar interests, mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, I heard 2,200 from podcasts. It's like, oh my God, I have so many questions. So next one being, what was the community? What was the community like? Because nowadays, you know, podcasting is very, yeah. community is, is, is great. It's very supportive. You still have those internet trolls, but that's just the internet trolls. But mm -hmm. what was the community like? in the early days, I know you got laughed at, but was there still a lot of support there as well? So, so here's the funny thing. You still, early on when you had podcasting, you still had hardcore radio people. And I knew a lot right. of, I knew a lot of radio people because being in, AM, even though I was in AM radio, I knew a lot of people in FM. Some of my closest friends are on some of the top FM stations in, in Boston. Um, and, and one of the things that people, you know, laughed about was, was I remember going to my station manager about podcasting and, and talking to the Brockton newspaper about it in our community. 
and asked, hey, how about starting this podcast thing? And it wasn't really, like I said, it wasn't called podcasting, but I gave him the idea. And he looked at me and he was like, nobody's going to listen to a radio show that they missed. And that was, those were his exact words. No one's going to ever listen to a radio show that they missed. And now it's uh, it's huge. (laughs) That's That's the whole thing now. I know, I know, I know hindsight's 2020, but it's just like, what? I, I understand, like, you know, up until that point, the whole world has been, if you don't see it live, you miss it and it's gone. So like, I, can right. underst- I can understand <clears throat> the, the in the moment thinking like that, but how do you not have the foresight to be like, but what if I miss it? Right, right. And, and here's the other <laughs> funny thing. So being in AM radio, one of the big things that used to bring money into radio stations were remotes. You, you, you had a grand opening, you'd call a radio station out and the radio station would come out to your grand opening and do this remote for you, you yeah. know, and they would, they would, they would host this live radio broadcast and the, you know, the radio guys would be there and, you know, this is how radio stations made their money. What happened was, was that a lot of places got away from doing that and stopped doing remotes because one, it was cumbersome. There was a ton of equipment that you had to be involved with. Then you yeah. had the link to the station in order to do this remote. What podcasting did was podcasting allowed you that you didn't have to be hooked to a radio station to go and do this remote. You bring your own equipment and you broadcast over the internet and, and you would, wouldn't have to pay all these fees as a business. So I started doing a lot of these radio remotes as a podcast and I was doing a ton of grand openings. I just bring my laptop, my cam. And then I broadcast over the internet and they would be like, oh my God, there's no wires. There's no speakers, no loss of space. Um, That was one of the first things. But early on in the community, like you asked, um, a lot of the radio people, a lot of the media people, they, like I said, they laughed at it. They thought it was, they thought this whole thing was a joke. Um, I remember going down to the Patriots Super Bowl, 2003. I went down when the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And, and and I was podcasting in, but it wasn't podcasting. I actually went down there. I remember being on a plane and um, I had wrote tons of articles. I had run a, wrote a whole ton of articles leading up to this game and talking about how the Patriots were going to beat Pittsburgh and how they were going to beat the Rams. And I remember sitting next to a reporter going down on the plane. He says, hey, aren't you that Keith guy? And he says, yeah. He says, oh, you think the Pats are going to win this game? I says, I know they're going to win this game. And I broke it all down. And he's like, wow. He's like, that's very, and then coming back on the plane, he was like, dad, you nailed it. You were dead on. I says, I says, I'm just letting you know, you know, he says, I'll follow your stuff. And I actually ended up getting on patsfans.com and I was writing on there for a long time until I got into radio. And to be honest, podcasting got me into a movie. If it wasn't for my podcasting, I would have never been in the game plan with the rock. I ended up getting casted as an extra, and then I was moved up to an actual football player in the film um, no with The Rock. Yeah, That's and awesome. I got that. I got that because of podcasting, and because of uh, I would be reaching out to different people to as hosts on my show and guests, and um, I reached out to the um, the casting director for the movie, and um, she came on the show, and she's like, "You, you know, we're casting for football players, six feet or taller, and this and that, and." You're going to be in this film with The Rock. And at that time, I was 5'11". I was like three inches too short. And she was like, Keith, she's like, just come on down. She goes, I'll put you in as an extra. I'm like, okay. So she put me in as an extra. 
And then they liked my look. And then she goes, oh, no. She's like, we're going to make you a football player. And they actually made me a football player. And I was on the opposing team against The Rock in, in, the, in the final game of that, of that film. So, again, podcasting was able to get me things that I probably would have never have gotten, you know, if I never started doing that. And I'll, and I'll tell people, too, when you're podcasting, reach out to the people that, that are just starting out because I find that they're loyal. Um, and they, and they remain loyal. So I, I've started interviewing people who were up and comers. I interviewed Joe Lozon, the MMA fighter, when he was heading out to Hawaii to train and, and, and have his first UFC fight. We had him on our show and history be told, um, it was the shock heard around the world as Joe Lozon went out there and upset Jens Pulver. And Joe Lozon went on to become one of the most successful UFC fighters. And, you know, I've had him on my show many, many, many times. Um, you know, it, it's stuff like that. You know, it's it's great. It's it's great to see and, and grow with it. But so, so when people when people would laugh you out of the building or just be like, you're crazy, what, <laughs> what, was, what was your response to them? Because, like, I'm thinking back, you know, 2015, 2017, as, as late as 2017, when I told people at my first job, that like, you know, I'm a podcaster, I do podcasting as well. They go, why? There's no <clears> money in it. <laughs> they, oh, they go, I go, you should start one. They go, why? There's no money in it. And I would just go, yet. Just wait. That's right. The keyword is yet. The keyword is wait. Like, you'll, you'll be sorry. And now most of those people either have or are involved or have worked on a podcast. So, like, what would you tell these people all the way back in 2002? Because at least in 2015 or 2017, there were people doing it, right? It was an actual right. thing. When back then, you only had traditional radio. So what would you tell these people? I was telling people, this is exactly what I was telling them. I was telling them this is new technology. I told people it's not going anywhere. I told people that it's super convenient. When media guys and people would come up to me and have interest, they would, they would have their interest before they laughed. And they would say, wow, that's very convenient. But... It's got to be expensive because back then, some of the stuff that I was yeah. buying and using, mm. I'm not going to lie, it was expensive because it was all new stuff. The Logitech camera that I had bought that was brand new that I upgraded to, it was, it was I don't know, at that time, it was like 300 bucks, you know? And, you know, a lot of people ain't going to spend that type of money back then on that, on that type of device or on something that you don't think is going to go anywhere. And what I did was I just let those people let who laughed at it you know, I would just tell them, hey, this is where it's going. And then, and this is what is going to be the next big thing. Um, I just let those people inspire me. And to be honest, I, I stuck with podcasting, but I really didn't realize how big podcasting wasn't, was going to get, to be honest, until last year, that, two years ago. Mm. And the reason why I, I knew the, the whole attitude of podcasting was going to change in COVID. I had two guys that reached out to me, Kevin Jeffries and Maddie Cameron. These are two guys that reached out to me when COVID first hit. And when COVID first hit, I was angry. And one of the reasons why I was angry is because everybody thought when COVID hit, they could become a podcaster because why? Everybody was locked up in their houses. They couldn't do crap. What else they going to do? Yep. And everybody decided to jump on the podcasting bandwagon. So when these two guys reached out to me, you can ask them yourselves. If you get out there and reach out with Happy Hour with Lito and Maddie Cameron Sports for You and Me, 
I was I kept it real with them. I said, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to waste my time with you um, unless you really show me that you're truly into this because I know what's going to happen here. There's two things that's going to happen. One is that you're going to start this podcast, and then when everything opens back up and life returns to normal, you're going to realize that this is a lot of work. It's not worth it. Two, I told them that it's the best time. COVID was the best time for those people to get podcasts up and going because what happened was, was that nobody was doing nothing for almost a year. And what people were doing, they were podcasting and talking about the Tiger King. You had all these people doing shows yeah. about what they was watching on Netflix. Yep. Uh, you had all these sports stars who couldn't play sports. They're all starting to do podcasting. We talked about wrestling. Wrestling podcasts blew up during COVID. And to be honest, wrestling was one of the first sports to come back and perform because they came well, up they never the left they, they never left exactly they had that whole virtual thing and yeah you know it was it was crazy so well wrestling wrestling, wrestling podcasts have been around for a while like colt cabana yes. was one of the first ones in like 2016 ish give or take stone cold started one around the same time uh jericho got one so those like the big three and then around 2018 uh, Conrad yeah, Thompson, seven more, right? Seven yeah, Conrad Thompson scene. started with something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and then 2019, WWE, the company, started doing their own podcast. So yeah, around then, boom, exploded. And I was like, oh, they're doing podcasts. Oh, Spotify's changing their business model around podcasts. Apple's realizing they've had podcasts in 2006 and it's not actually using it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, looks, looks like, looks like I was right. And you can, you, you'll probably go back on a beach going with a butt going, looks like I was right. <laughs> uh, look, when I got the email from iTunes, I remember the email coming to, from iTunes, Apple, talking about the major changes to podcasts, how they were going to drop this whole thing and have Apple podcasts. And then, I'm reading all this stuff and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm already doing all of this. Yeah. Stuff. Like it's about <laughs> goddamn time, bro. Like, come on now. <laughs> it was just insane. And you know, all of a sudden my inbox is full with people who laughed at my mm. stuff mm. are now like, Hey, how can I do this? How can I do that? And I had to, I almost had to bite my lip till it bled. How'd that feel? How'd that feel? Oh, oh, it was hard. It was hard because I'm not that type of guy where I'm going to rub something in somebody's face. Right. But I still, you know, I still helped a lot of people out. And it's funny because um, here in Brockton at Massasoit Community College, they have a Dale Dorman facility, which is dedicated to the radio show host, Dale Dorman, who was one of my most favorite radio show hosts back in the day growing up, Dale Dorman. And um, Lisa Zena Supka. She teaches the communications radio media class over at, at Massasoit. I had actually took her class and um, later, late, late, late on. And she, I actually interested her in podcast. She couldn't believe it. I showed her all about it. And she actually had me telling the kids in her class how to go about it to the point where she liked it so much. When they opened up the Dale Dorman room studio at Massasoit, she invited me out to come talk to the class and the guests about podcasting. And, you know, that first podcasting event that I did for her at this Dale Dorman event, I was kind of laughed at. People laugh, put their noses up. But we're now in our fifth year, and I'll tell you right now, we're in our fifth year of doing this event, and I've now, I'm now responsible for three successful podcasts from that event. And the last time we did it, because we were supposed to do it during COVID, but it got canceled. But the last time I did it, my classroom for my podcast 
event was packed, standing room only. And I also had media people and politicians in the room listening to me talk because I broadcasted live. I pulled a guest in from Florida. So he was there with me so I could show how you can do a show and pull people in remotely, seamlessly. And the amount of people, I, I almost wanted to have a tear because I was like, wow, the, some of these people are getting it. And these were all young radio people, you know, and it, it was it was different. And I actually had a guy, I forget his name. He was a major radio guy for FM. And um, he came up to me and he's like, you know, he goes, I laughed at podcasting. He goes, I put it down. He goes, I didn't think it'd be a threat. He goes, podcasting is a legit threat to FM radio. And he admitted that. He's like, you guys can steal almost everything from us. He goes, because we uh, have most to depend. Definitely. He says, we have to depend on the signal and, 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 and the FCC and all these other costs. He's like, you've eliminated 90% of the cost of an FM station to run. And you still have everything to, to run like an FM station. And not only that, but you got you have, you have to listen to it live. Like you, you gotta be like, I only listen to FM <clears throat> in the car. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the only place I could get it. And like, I remember like growing up, like I would like, be like, I wish I could listen to more, but you know, I didn't think to put in the radio in the kitchen, but you know, I was never in the kitchen. I was always in, you know, the living room or whatever, playing video games. But you know, a podcast came around. It's just like, oh, I can have this on my iPod. What? Oh wait, I can have this on my phone. What? Oh, I can do this myself. What? Because yeah, I would have loved to do if like, a podcast didn't exist, I'd be fighting my for my spot in traditional radio. A thousand percent. No doubt about right, it. Like that's right. like I didn't know I wanted to do it until I started doing it. Um, but it was always there. So, but when was the first time you heard the word podcast? Because Adam Curry is known as the podfather and known as mm -hmm. one of the guys, one of the guys to coin the term podcast. When was the first time you heard that term? I want to say it was it was probably the same. It was probably when he coined that phrase, that podcast phrase, um, and it started popping up um, with Joe Gill. This guy, remember this guy Joe Gill that I mentioned earlier? When yeah. Joe Gill started this blog of Palooza, when he started this blog of Palooza, and we were invited out to this first event because blog of Palooza blogging took off and was real popular. Podcasting was there before blogging, but for some reason, blogging was so huge and um we Still went is. to this event it, it is yeah and um we went to this event and it was that was kind of the first time i heard that term podcasting used because we had the show we were doing it over the internet and the guy came up to us and he's like oh you guys got a podcast and i was like yeah he says i've heard people starting to call it that he goes for me i've just been calling it a remote because that's what i knew i what i was doing is it is being an fm and am radio you know, that's what I always thought it was, but that was the first time I heard it, but the, it was Adam Curry, um, that, that was talking about it. And then when this person came up to us and said, Hey, you know, this is the, and then from then on, we actually added podcasts to the name of the show. We actually was doing crashing into the big field and we actually added crashing into the big field podcast because mm. we started taking our shows and putting them on a server. Once, once the servers opened up, we were able to add a lot more shows once the radio station. Um, I remember we did a show with Curtis Sliwa. For those who don't know who Curtis Sliwa is, he is the guy who started the Guardian Angels in New York. Um, he had come to Massachusetts, and we decided to do this live podcast with Curtis Sliwa over our network. 
at that time, you could only have 500 people on the server. We crashed the server because uh, we went well over the 500. We ended up having like 14,000 people tune in for this wow. interview, and it crashed the server. Um, we had an episode with Armin Katayan from 60 Minutes uh, to come on and talk about the VA hospitals hiding the fact about um, veteran suicides. And, you know, we, we, we learned that it was a humongous problem behind the scenes and the VA was covering it up. And uh, it was one of these things that the military was trying to keep under wraps and not get out. Um, it was, it was a, a scary story. So we, we had that, you know, we've had a lot of early success with podcasting through different shows. So, so let's, let's talk about RSS feeds. Cause like right now, all this is Ooh. internet, you stream server space, when did you, because RSS feed technology like, came about in 99. So they've mm. been around a long, long, long time. But yes, when, did you, when did you start implementing RSS technology into your podcasts? So I was, I was on Ustream. And then um, I was on this network, invited me out. They've been following my stuff. This network, which was called... Um, it, before Hubazoo, Hubazoo was involved with, an, with another network and they were together. And then Hubazoo broke away and Hubazoo was going to start their own RSS feeds, their own website. And I decided to move everything over to them. Um, so they were doing all the hosting. And, and mm -hmm. Anthony Arnold asked me to become co-owner after a while. So here on Hubazoo, as you see behind me, the booth, we had our own... RSS feed, and I forget who he carried it through um, at that time. But we're now now we've now we're linked with Spreaker, we, and we've been on Spreaker ever since. Oh, SoundCloud, we were on SoundCloud before Spreaker. Yeah, SoundCloud. Be SoundCloud will give you its own RSS feed if you. Pay, yeah, if you pay we were we were we were on SoundCloud for a long time, but I forget we were on a server before SoundCloud. I forget who it was. But then we were on SoundCloud for the longest time, and then we, we've gotten off of SoundCloud and we went to Spreaker because uh, we had so many more shows to add, and they, they give you the best rate. So right now, Hubazoo's RSS is, is Spreaker, and that's who we've been with for the longest time. I've, I've, I looked at Spreaker. Um, I think they charge for storage, I think. I believe... I, I believe Tony pays i think we have unlimited that's why we left soundcloud because soundcloud mm -hmm. was starting to keep us from uploading shows because we kept reaching our limit and he went with an unlimited account on spreaker and spreaker when he got with when tony got with spreaker spreaker was just starting out um anthony arnold i give him props he's the man behind the scene of hoopsu.com but he was working back and forth with spreaker they were working together with getting bugs out and things of that sort yeah. um so i know that he got a lot of nice cushy uh extras and deals with spreaker by by working with them and uh doing some stuff with them so so no interest in owning your own feeds because like if you if you own your own feed obviously you own all of your content but you could but you control the feed there's a lot that can be beneficial to a podcaster with their own RSS feed, mainly the SEO and like the marketing. This like there's so much hidden in an RSS feed. Mm -hmm. uh, no interest in this completely owning your own. You'll, you just always so think the, 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 the SEO and the stuff you're talking about. Um, I know Anthony Arnold is already putting all of that info that's needed into our into our podcast 
with whatever he has with Spreaker. So we we haven't had a need to have our, you know, to do our own RSS feed because whatever he's linked us and how he has us in Spreaker, it's been working very well with us. Um, and we laughed about this on when you were on the show. I had told you that, you know, I was it was just weird to see that most of our hits were coming from overseas versus yeah. here, but now now it's kind of balanced out. Um, my big thing for me now, as far as the RSS goes, is you know when COVID hit, my show was strictly an audio podcast, um, and I had you know I had always wanted to add video to my show, but my tower was completely outdated. And I was like, you know, I got I just need the time, but I'm so busy. I'm doing DJs and events. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I need to, I need to just figure this out. When COVID hit and everything came to a screeching halt, there was no DJing. Um, there was a lot of stuff I wasn't doing. I was sitting at home twiddling my thumbs. And I said, you know something? I'm gonna upgrade my tower and add video to the booth. Cause at that time, all I could do was the booth. That's all I was doing was the booth. And I said, let me add video. So I went and I built my own tower because my son told me it's cheaper to build your own tower. So I went to Best Buy and, and bought all the parts. Uh, I went to Asus and bought the motherboard. I built my own tower. I put a graphics card and everything in that would last me for five years. Yep. And then once I got it all set up, I started messing around with templates. And I said, okay, I got it to a point within two months, I got it to a point where I could put it on YouTube and Facebook um during covid and um the response was great and i haven't looked back i haven't looked back so right now everything is it's a it's a video podcast and what i do is i take the mp4 at the end of every episode and i upload the mp4 to anchor and spreaker and it converts to an mp3 and i just do my edits and you know trim out the beginning and trim a little bit of the end off and and my audio podcast part of it is done. And then I just put a little note in there for those who want to see the show, you just go to YouTube and yep. I'm, I'm averaging right now um, for someone who just started doing stuff on YouTube. I'm averaging about 25, 26 views a day, which to me, that's good numbers for somebody who's not really promoting. Um, I have my Google ads promote my show um, cost me about $20 a month or so, but um I'm happy with, with the growth for something that I'm not even really promoting, you know, and, and it's what I find in podcasting is it's not about the live. It's not about the live show. It's, really it's about, yep. It's about the people who subscribe and download your shows that haven't been able to listen. So you got a guy that's been busy for like three or three weeks or something. He's been doing whatever. And then he says, oh, I've got some time. Let me catch up with my podcast. It's almost like binge watching Netflix, I tell people. Yep. I'm like, have you ever bit sat and binge watch the Netflix shows you miss? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it, that's how podcasting is. You could have your show be out there for a week and have nobody watching it. And you have a great topic. And you're like, what the heck is going on here? Then all of a sudden you can go on and then you've got a ton of views and hits because Something people, happened, people, people got up. bored, or people or there's a snowstorm, yep, and people catch up. And now all of a sudden, you've got this one episode. I got one episode that I did with Deborah Driggs. She was a Playboy centerfold model who did a cover with Trump. I did this episode with her. I had like five views. But then this whole thing blew up because of Trump and her being on the cover. 
and everybody went back. It's one of my highest shows for this year now. Yeah. Because everybody's going back and they're listening to it and, and drawing that show back up. So well, it, I'm, it, it, it's weird. I'm glad, <clears throat> I'm glad you brought up live because like my view of live is it's a gimmick. It's mm-hmm. a gimmick. Going live is a gimmick. It's great. It's super useful. You know, it's, it's an option. And if you're dealing with a podcast audience, the audience wants options. You got to give them options. If your podcast isn't on Stitcher, I'm not, I'm probably not listening to it because that's the app I use. Um, And, you know, live content in general, I'm thinking, what do I watch live other than wrestling and sports? Nothing. Nothing. I don't have cable. I don't watch anything live. Most people don't watch things live. However, when we go live, my wrestling podcast, King's Wings Podcast, shout out to my boys um, mm-hmm. and Kay Murphy. When we, when we go live, it's the same people listening every single week live, which means if you have 25, 26 people watching you live every week, that means you probably have four times more than that listening after the fact. Because those people listening live are your core audience, the people who love you and will right. follow everything you do. So going live is a good gauge to see who your core audience is. It's like, that's like this. Remember I was talking about network feeds on your show. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the exact same thing. A network feed you can gauge, like people watch your live show, probably subscribe to your network feed. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just, it's I, I, going live. It's, it's on necessity, but it's a great gimmick to have. And it's super useful. And, and here's some, here's a, here's a, a real piece of honesty for me. I do my show live every Tuesday night. One of the reasons why I pretty much do my show live on Tuesday night is because I've been doing my show on the radio live. So for me, I'm just keeping with that consistency. Second nature at this point. (laughs) Yeah. To be brutally honest, I I can tell you right now that if I said one day, you know what? Screw doing the booth live. I'm going to full out produce my show like I'm producing some of these other shows because I find when I produce these other people's show, Happy Hour with Lido, uh, Maddie C Sports for You and Me, um, Talk Back, all of these shows that I'm producing that are airing, produced, I have a ton of more freedom with the content that I'm putting out because it allows me to maybe drop some edits here or there or, or drop a video bite that... If I thought about dropping this video bite in the live, I really don't have the time to pull that video bite up and drop it right then and there because it's live. You know, I can pre I can pre-drop video bites because I know what I'm going to talk about. But if something happens and I want to drop that video bite, I can't because we're live. So I lose, even though I'm live and I'm having fun and I'm having live guests, I'm losing that part of the production that can really streamline. I can tell you right now, if I, I'm pretty sure if I was to take the booth and produce that show and said, okay, now this show just airs on Tuesday night and I'm yeah. producing a show. I can tell you right now, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy show. It's going to be a hundred times better than what you see on Tuesday nights live. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the booth. Let's pivot over to mm-hmm. the booth. Uh, how did the booth come about? When did you start it? And how did you come up with the name? So I actually didn't come up with the name. So the booth is a spinoff of the On The Mark show. The On The Mark show was a show with me, Mark Chappetta, Ken, Ken Diesenhoff, and I had a police officer, Frank Zanowski. And um, we did this show with Mark. And for those who know who Mark Chappetta is, he's a private investigator. His two kids have Duchenne muscular dystrophy. 
And what happened was, was that his kids got very sick from Duchesne and he had to leave the show. Um, he left us. Well, if, he didn't leave the show right away. He was taking a lot of time off when he was taking time off. He said, Keith, I need you to host the show while I'm out. So the show, when he was out, developed its own identity. And the identity of this show that was funny is the fact that you had this black guy, you had this white Jewish guy, and then you had this white, okay, so the white Jewish guy is a defense attorney. And then you had this Classic. white guy who's a cop. In the stereotypical world, the three of us are not supposed to get along. <laughs> a black guy, a white cop with a cowboy hat, and a, and a white Jewish defense attorney. In real life, in, in the stereotypical world, we're supposed to hate each other. We're not supposed to get along. Yeah. The Booth was one of the greatest shows out there, and people tuned in because of this. Because people like, holy Christ, they're not supposed to get along, but these guys were best of friends. Frank Zanowski, when we had to come up, when the radio station asked us, because Mark finally had to step away. When Mark stepped away, we were like, okay, there's no more show. There's no more on the mark. I think we were gone for about, about three months. And then uh, Dick Masterlian, Richard Masterlian, he called us and he says, hey, he goes, we got a, we got a question. We got a lot of people asking for the booth to come back on Fridays. They miss it. And at that time, anyone who's familiar with AM radio, you couldn't be on the air unless you sold ads, ad space. You weren't getting a show unless you sold sponsor space. And our show was on at three o'clock in the afternoon. This is prime drive time. And we were like, yeah, we really don't want to have to go out and bust our asses and try to find sponsors to get the show in the air. And Dick Masterlian was like, look, <laughs> The, the amount of people who want you back is enough to where we're going to say, just come back and don't worry about it. And we, we, we went back there and we said, well, we got to come up with a name for the show. And Frank Zanowski, who's the police officer on the show, he said that his idea of the show was, is like when you go to a bar and you're sitting next to that booth with three guys who are drinking a little bit and just discussing all types of bullshit, bull crap. And having a friend come over once in a while and talk crap with them, that's the booth. And that's kind of where we brought this aspect. And um, it's been that way for, for Jesus, over almost close to 20 years. Um, me, Ken, and Frank, we did the show for the longest time. And then Frank, um, he had to leave the show because his shift changed. <laughs> and Frank couldn't be on the show anymore. And then Frank started doing acting. Frank got acting gigs from being on the booth and um he ended up doing a lot of acting jobs he was in um patriot games the movie he was in there mm, he's credited Harrison for Ford. that yep and then um he was in um not patriots game he was in the, the movie about patriot day patriot day oh mark Wahlberg. mark Wahlberg. he was in that one he was Boston in that movie. yep yes so he was in that film and then um I ended up having, it was just me and Ken for the longest time together, just doing the show, but it kind of was crappy because we didn't have that third element. So Ken brought in this guy, Colonel Robert Resnick, who was a retired JAG officer from the military. So it brought this instant credibility to our show because now I've got a defense attorney and then I've got this JAG officer. So when we would talk about these legal things and, and government stories, it brought legitimacy to the show because the, it's not a bunch of keyboard 
you know, Google people talking about stuff on their podcast. I had legit guys. We would talk about stuff and, you know, R squared, he'd come on the show and he was like, at first he was just a special guest. And then people liked him so much. He became a co-host on the show to the point where, you know, it was amazing to see a guy who was a U.S. Army colonel when Trump got voted into office, you know, if you watched our shows over the four years during Trump, this was a guy who respected his president because he had to from day one right. when, when, when Trump got elected. It was amazing, amazing to watch this transformation of Robert Resnick for the four years of our show as things were being done because he was coming out of his shell and he was like, okay, you know, and he would say it. He'd say, hey, that's my commander in chief. I've got to respect him. But then there were things that got to the point that opened my eyes because I'm like, here's a guy, he's a lifelong military guy. He's a JAG officer. And he started opening up to the point where he was very vocal. He was very vocal about the things that Donald Trump did that opened my eyes and was like, wow, this is because usually military never talks about their commander in chief and you can go back. And that's why I tell people, Hey, go back and listen to our old shows. You'll hear, uh, this this guy struggled with this and um yeah we've been at it for about 20 years um these guys are now on their own they're they've got their thing they're doing now called the corridor so what what they do is they're doing the corridor which is all politics um and then what they do is they come on my show the first tuesday of every month so this past tuesday i had my guys on the show with me and they come on and break down so what i do is i let all my legal stuff and my biden stuff political stuff build up and then when they come on we break it down. Like this past Tuesday, we talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. We talked about a ton of stuff with Joe Biden and the G20. And I feel like it's really added to the aspect of the show because now there's that show that everybody waits for, for that once a month. But um, yeah, that's yeah, programming. Yeah, we, yeah, we've been at it. Yeah, been at this for about 20, 20 plus years now. Yeah. yeah your, show, your show is very fascinating because it's, it's, how it's how it's broken down um, into booths, right? Like, you yes. know. Into yep. booths. So, so how do you how did you come up with the booths? How do you find your stories? How did how did that idea come about? Could you cover so, like when you when I saw the rundown, I was like, we're gonna cover all this in an hour. How? <laughs> and we did. We did. We, we just did, run it yeah. down. So how, how so, why that format? So it's a template, and it's a template that I did when we were in radio. You know, I and I came up with a template and I've kept this template. I've had this template for years, for years when I came on the radio. One of the things I hated about radio shows and and stuff was that there was no, there was no segment. There was no continuance of, of the flow of the show. You know, it just was all over the place. A lot of your radio shows were just all over the place. And I wanted to bring segments into where you knew what was coming up. So I've been doing this for the longest time to the point where I know what I can have in the show and, and be able to talk about it. And like you said, Anybody who's a podcaster out there, and I see this question, these questions all the time on Podcast Nation, how do I do my podcast? And what, make a template. I don't care what you're doing for your show. Make a, a base template. Also, if you're booking guests, make a base template as the invite for your guests. So when you go to invite a guest on your show, you're just plugging that person's name in. Everything else for your show is there. It should never, ever, ever change. All the important information should be there. You should only yep. have to change the person's name that you're inviting. And then whatever time you're going to schedule them to come on, 
um, if you're going to do a recording or whatever. But other than that, make templates for everything you do. Now, my show is broken up into segments. As you said, I open the show up with thanking my previous guests. I always thank my previous guests. That way, if they're listening, they're going to be like, damn, he shouted me out. He thanked me for being on the show last week. Feels cool. good. It feels really good. It, not going to lie. It, it, yep. It's, it's little things like that. Then I announce the guests that I have for this week. And then I make them feel special. Then after I announce them, I announce my sponsors and roll through my sponsors for my show. And then we get into the first topic, which is the news booth. I picked the news booth to be first because I feel like local news and national news that's important should always be out there first. So I get the news booth out there. After the news booth, we've come up with the legal booth. The legal booth is because I'm a, I'm a legal nut. I have a show that has a JAG officer and the defense attorney so we can bring legal cases and talk about it and break it down like the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, uh, the Britney Spears conservatorship, you know, which mm -hmm. is now taken a bad story. Um, after the legal booth, we go into the entertainment booth where I bring up new movie trailers that I get and things of that sort and talk about stuff in the music industry. After the entertainment booth, I cover the sports booth, which is sports talk throughout the world or throughout you know, the local national area. And then after the sports booth, we have the political talk. Last, before Biden was elected, it was Trump troubles. It was a spin <laughs> on Trump troubles. It was all the Trump stuff that happened. Yeah, plenty to now cover there. Yep. Now we have, now we have Biden bombshells and Biden bombshells has plenty all to of cover the things. There. <laughs> yep. There's, there's plenty that we've got to cover there. Like I said, we talked about the G20 last week. We talked about Jen Psaki ended up with COVID. Um, I ripped them. I ripped them apart. When you were on the show, we had Biden bombshells on my show when you were there. Yep. And I ripped them apart about putting the spin on the numbers of all these things getting better. And it was like, no, it's all getting better because everything's opening back up. It has nothing to do with your ass being in office, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then and then I close out the show mentioning whatever events we've got coming up and whatever sponsors or whatever products or merch that I'm giving away. And thankfully, you know, I'm able to give some merch away. I've got a sponsor in ilovebostonsports.com who has some great sports shirts that are themed with comic books. And I pick somebody who's in my chat. If you're in my chat, I pick one person a week and I give them a free t-shirt courtesy of ilovebostonsports.com. So it's been great. And if you're out there and you're starting a podcast, make a template, make two templates, a template for your show and a template for inviting your guests. And yeah. if you plan on doing video, if you watch my show, you'll see it. I've got a fair use disclaimer that comes on at the beginning of every show. And I'll tell you right now, it's it's a legal disclaimer. It's legit. And when the YouTube bots pick crap up and they flag me, I go in, I put my dispute in, and 99.9% .9 of the time, it's released. I, and I've shared it in the podcast nations. I've shared UFC. I've shared movies. It happened to our stream. You, we were doing yep. uh, movie trailers. Yep. And I told you, I said, I said, yep, it's going to get released. And sure enough, there it within, was. Two, within two hours, it was released yeah. because I, I cover myself and I know how to do this. And, and I, you know, I see people telling all this stuff out there and it's like, it's, you know, it's, some of it is just common sense and just cover your butt and you can have a great show. You can have a phenomenal show. Um, and, you know, it, I'm just blessed, blessed to have what I have at this time.
let's let's talk about your backgrounds because like on on your video content because like your backgrounds like from from mine it was very different from the one you did the week prior and the one you did the mm-hmm. week after like you have all these different background templates which i love because here at ambiguous podcast solutions you know we're gonna do the same thing like right now you're seeing the yellow and the bubbles and the lava lamp like the, right yep. now that's it that's the only one i got but eventually <laughs> i'm just gonna have i'm gonna have a, i'm gonna have a million of them like as, as many as i can have but you know you say on yours um you use backgrounds as ad space. Yes. So, so for my what a great my, idea! I, when you said yeah. that, I was like, "Fuck!" I wish I came up with that. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I started doing was, is people started watching the show and saying, "Wow, this is this is crazy stuff." So, when you're watching the booth and you see this bar behind me, that's my yeah. buddy's bar, Frank Brax Brax Grill, and people see they go, "Wow, that looks like a great place to go eat." Is that your house? No, that's my buddy's restaurant. Go down there, check them out. Now I got other people who have now hit me up and said, hey, uh, can I pay ad space to get my background behind you as, as, a, place to, as a place to be? Or sometimes if, uh, if I'm doing a theme show, um, I'll just put a background up. I know I've had the Simpsons background behind yeah. me one time. Um, I've, got a, I've got a ton of stuff programmed in here that, that I can use. Hold on, I can actually change it on the fly right here while we're while we're here. Do you talking, do it all so. yourself, or do you have a team of people who help you? No, so I no, I do everything myself. So as you can see right here, a buddy of mine, Van Bates, he passed away. Um, so we did a special memorial show for him. So I have that background there for me and him um, for 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 what we did. Um, I do this one here when we talk comic books. I've got the Hall of Justice behind me for those who are fans of the Hall of Justice. And then I've got, uh, let's see here. We've got the Simpsons that I just talked about that I can uh, pull classic, up. Classic, the couch. Yep. And for this one here, if you guys remember this, I like doing this one. This is when I feel like I'm a gangster. Scarface? <laughs> That's Scarface. That's Tony Martinez's <laughs> office. Amazing. And then if you guys haven't been down to Disney yet, that's the uh, Disney Star Wars attraction. And, um, you know, again... If you're going to do something like this for your show and have backgrounds, um, this is my friend's bar right there, Frank Brack, Brack's Bar and Grill and Tap. Yeah. Head on down there in Brockton. If you're in the Brockton area, that's his That's his restaurant in the background. And then I like using this one here. This one here is a nice one. Gets a lot of people thinking, and then they wonder where it is. It's New Jack City, the Carter. That was the building that Nino Brown had took over. That's literally what I was thinking. Like, where is that? Why does it look familiar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New so Jack I, City. I, I try to... I don't just try to throw backgrounds in. I throw, you know, for one Halloween, I utilize The Walking Dead for a background, but you got to be careful because um, if it's something like The Walking Dead, you can't broadcast and yeah. get money off it. So you try to stay, yeah, you try to stay away from stuff like that. Try to create and come up with your own backgrounds. Like I created this this background, I created myself. Um, I created this background myself. I created this background that shows my artists off by myself. Um, and a lot of this stuff I can do, like you said, you just asked me, I can do it on the fly, um, through OB, yeah. you know, through, through OBS or X split cam. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be able to do the things that I do, um, of that sort, you know? And I'll, yeah, like when, you know, I, when I, when I, when I, when I see all these, all these backgrounds, just like, yeah, you know, a lot of them look really, really good. A lot of mm-hmm. them don't look good at all. But one thing I know is like, wow, these are all just still images. There's no motion graphics. I'm like, ooh. And, and, and I can put motion my- graphics, 
But my feeling is, is when you use motion graphics, if it's not like a Christmas show, it can't, or a it can't be too distracting. Show, it can't be too distracting. It, I, which yep, is a big I feel thing. like it takes away from the eye. I think it takes the focus away from what you want people to really watch. Like I have a lot of people when you see them do podcasting and they put that music underlay through the entire podcast interview. Yeah, no, I and I've had nice. people, yeah, I've, I've had someone talk to me about it. I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. And they're like, why? I'm like, it takes away. It's distracting. Going in and out of breaks is nice. But when you're interviewing someone, there should be no music underlaying underlaying it. it it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. You don't see them do it on TV. You don't see them do it anywhere else. And, and I don't know where this came from. I think a lot of people that just started podcasting thought, Let's throw some music underneath this interview and it's going to sound real good. No, it's distracting. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes sometimes, different isn't necessarily a good thing. Like, oh, this is different. You don't see this before. Well, there's a reason for that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that yeah. happens. Yeah, like when I, when I say like I want motion graphics, I guess I don't want it to be distracting. Like I said, like I had like a starry night sky or whatever. Every now and then you get a little twinkle. That's nice. Yep. That's, hard that's, every minute. that's subtle. Like that. That's it's subtle. That needs nice. to be subtle. Yep. yep. It's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a nice touch that makes you stand out. Uh, they, these looping bubbles are just every 30 seconds. It just, it loops and it's slow yeah. and it resets and it's, I, I, I like it. Like there's other things I want to do. Like, um, like say you have like a, like a, like a neon light and every now and then one of them just flickers off. Like mm -hmm. so, something, something simple. Like that. I had a, uh, one Halloween, I had a haunted house, a motion haunted house for the background. It was just pretty much the same the whole time, but every now and then this, ghost lady would pop up in the window in the background and people would be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was just enough. Yeah, it was just <laughs> enough. Um, and it was nice, you know, and like, again, but again, people, you just got to be careful with what you use, make sure it's royalty free. And another yep. little thing to tell people too, is like when you're using music, it's nice, but be careful because lots of times you can get a ton of music royalty free, but guess what happens people four, five, six years down the line, that royalty free music, that person who owns it, may sell that music to someone else. Then it's all of a no sudden, guess what happens? Yeah. It's no longer royalty-free, and you're not protected from that. So people, even though your music might be royalty-free, don't be surprised if three or four or five years later down the road, it's no longer royalty-free because they sold the rights. You know, I've, I've actually, I and I'm going to let people know right now, I actually reached out to someone who had some royalty-free music, and I loved it so much, I bought that beat off that person. For sixty bucks. Now you own it. So so it's, so I own it now, and it's no longer royalty free. <laughs> but it also helps, you know, the per, the person who makes um the intro and the outro music for all my podcasts. Shout out to Christian mm -hmm. from Montclair, New Jersey, uh, and Cube Recording Studios, the studio we are partnered with. Yeah, he makes he made the beats, the music from scratch. You know, he made if he sample something, make sure it's you know he does he does his legal homework, but phenomenally talented. Shout out to him, he is incredible. If you need someone to make a beat for you, hit him up. Just go to biggestpodcastsuchens.com and we'll get in touch with them. Uh, yeah, but I tell, I tell people to do that, to reach out to people who are, you know, who will do that. Because you see a lot of people are like, oh, how much do I need to pay for an intro? It's like, dude, your intro should only be 30 seconds. It's yeah. not going to break your pocket to find some. You can find some independent artists anywhere on Facebook. Try to find somebody that makes the type of music you like. Reach out to them. It's a 50-50 question. I tell everybody, how do I get guests on my show? I want to get Cardi B on my show. I'm like, reach out to them. Because I can tell you right now, back in 2002, 2003, when I started this stuff, it wasn't this easy to reach out to, to people to get them on your show. Now with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you have instant access to a Cardi B. You have instant access to a Meg Thee Stallion. And you know what? 
don't be afraid to reach out to them and whoever they have listed as their PR because it's a 50-50 question. It's either yes or no. And then I tell people this. If they say no, don't be distracted because you know what's going to happen is exactly what happened during COVID. The Cardi B's and the Meg Thee Stallions, guess what happened? Before COVID and you asked them to come on your podcast, it was no, no, no. Guess what happened? COVID hit. Yes. Guess yes, what? Guess yes, who was getting yes, interviews yes. on podcasts? It was insane to yeah. see who some people were getting for podcasts. Why? Because they were stuck in their house. They couldn't go get dressed up and get in a cushy studio to sit down and do an interview. So podcasting became that place where stars and, and athletes went to interview to get out whatever projects they were working on. It was insane to look and see who was going on whatever podcast. It was, it was crazy. 100 so question. Yeah. Keith, I'm sure we could go on and on and on all night, but I think our time is running out. However, yeah. that just means you know what? I gotta bring you back. We'll talk, we'll talk more and more on talking with Tarish like man, sometime in the new year, sometime in the late end of Q1. I'll bring you back on. We'll do it all over again. But until then, my friends, please tell everyone where they can find you, your shows, your network, your YouTube channel, anything you want to plug, the floor is yours. Sinister One Productions, Google Sinister One, S-I-N-I-S-T-A, the digit number one productions. Just Google that. It will come up. I'm on Sinister One Productions on YouTube. Um, Keith Hayes, Sinister One on Facebook, Twitter. Look me up. I'm easy to find. And um, I'll be looking for you guys out there. Uh, and everywhere you can find me, the most important place is ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. We can find this in all of our other podcasts on uh, the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. If you want to be a guest, reach out to me at will at info. Will at info. Yeah. Will at APSpodcast.com. It's APSPODCAST.com. Send me your media kit. Why do you want to be on the show? Your link to your podcast, website, any info you can provide me, the better. We'll get it scheduled and we'll get it rolling. If you don't have a podcast, want to be interviewed by me and talk about whatever you want to feel like talking about. If I go, ooh, you're on the show. That is Will at info. I guess I'm doing that. Will at APSpodcast.com. <laughs> all of our podcast partners can be found at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Dot com as well as all of our services. Hit that donation tab if you like this podcast. Want to show me some love? One dollar goes a long way when it comes to donations. Please help a brother out. I'm trying to launch a business here. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back next time with a brand new, brand new guest with a brand new podcast talking about a whole new bunch of experiences. And until then, you take care. Thank you for listening to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. If you want your podcast featured on the show reach out to us at info at APSpodcast.com. You can find more content from all of our APS partners over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. If you liked this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Want to find out more about our guests? Check out the description or anywhere across our social media channels for all of their links and information. Check out our YouTube channel for this and all featured podcast clips and more. This podcast was hosted, produced, and distributed by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. We'll see you next time.